0: Good morning, everybody. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. All right. It's a wonderful day here at Freedom Church. Happy to see all of these beautiful, smiling, happy people here to uh, to hear the Word of God this morning. That is great. And we're going to pick it back up um, where we left a couple of weeks ago because we were talking about missions and uh, what what uh, missions works we are part of and support and have supported for a long time. So I I... I Got three of them done last week, and then we just kind of ran out of time, so we figured, okay, let's bump it up, and we are, we're we're going to cover, Jamie and I are going to cover a little more, plus, I got two Jamies, two Jamies working for me here today. I got Jamie, Jamie, you're the real Jamie? Okay. Is that the hashtag real Jamie at Freedom Church? Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. Okay. i like my real Yeah. But before we actually jump into um, our message this morning and and all of that we want to do what yeah come on let's stand together let's see how well we can do here how about it huh you ready here we go therefore having been justified by faith we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ through whom also we have access in into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, and perseverance, character, and character, hope. Now, hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured into our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. All right, what do you think? Try it again? Yes. Therefore... Having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we also have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we rejoice in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, and perseverance, character, and character, hope. Now, hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been into our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. All right, that's not bad, not bad. All right, so then part two, you still still on board here? Here we go. For when we were still without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man would one die, yet perhaps for a good man someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Okay, close your eyes one more time. Here we go. For when we were without strength, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man would someone dare. Yet, perhaps for a good man, someone might even dare to die. But God demonstrates his love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Good job, everybody. Good job. You may be seated. Your word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Amen. So this this is a good thing. I appreciate everybody um, working at this. It's a big deal. All right. So we return today to... Uh, our theme of last week, Missions 2023. And uh, kind of strange, Pastor Joe, um, I know you have a hard time believing this, but the Holy Spirit actually used you this morning. You know? I hope so. It's incredible, right? It's incredible. No, I I I've chose kind of a strange text, or I chose a text on the basis of a particular thought that was in my mind or a passage of scripture was in my mind. And then when I got to it and looked, looked at it, I thought, yeah, we ought to look at that whole thing because it's, it's saying something to us that I think we need to start getting ready to hear. It's, gonna, it, it's, it's talking to us about the reality of the world's posture toward the church. And it's getting more onerous and more adversarial all the time right the world's posture towards the church of the lord jesus christ just the world's posture the, the world hates jesus that's why they crucified him when he was here this world hates god and hates Jesus. Now they don't hate other religious points of view. They'll it's live and live as far as they're concerned with those other things. Um, but when it comes to Jesus, if you say you're a follower of Jesus, that will change the tone of any conversation. Because when you when Jesus enters the picture, that's a whole different thing. Okay, then you're a Jesus freak or something like that, right? But you when know, we're singing before, it's all about you. Jesus is now. Here's Jesus who has he's has given his life for the sins of the world, in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So what did Jesus do for this world? He died for every lost, sinful person, every broken person, every hurting person, every helpless person. He gave his life that they could be forgiven and redeemed and restored back into the family of God. Other than that... He didn't do anything even slightly negative anywhere to anybody. There's the, he did no wrong, no harm, no, nothing bad, all good. But the world hates him. But that's because the world is under the spell of the wicked one. And as long as the world is under the spell of the wicked one, it, but the wicked one will continue to drive hatred for Jesus because Jesus is the only thing that breaks the curse that he places over our lives when we are walking, when we don't know the Lord right? When we don't know the Lord, we're not walking with the Lord. Everything that we do is cursed. It can't come to a productive end. It may prosper for a little while, but all things just will run out of gas. But only in Jesus Christ is there hope and a future and life and forgiveness and mercy. What's not to love? (laughs) And yet the world hates Jesus. That's just the way it is. So here's the text. We'll get to that. And you'll see what I'm talking about here in the beginning portion of it. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you. And you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. Then many will be offended, will betray one another, will hate one another. Many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness... Other translations say iniquity. The the word behind there is self-rule because that's the idea of lawlessness. Self-rule. Nobody tells me what to do. That's the idea. It's it's called antinomianism. It is that I am in charge and I don't take orders from anybody. That's That's the fallen state that we are in. And because iniquity or lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold but he who endures to the end shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come. So there's a, um, there's a task to be accomplished and the church is to busy itself with the task because Jesus makes it very clear that this gospel is going to go forth to all nations, every tribe, every nation, every kindred, every tongue, wherever there are people, the Lord wants this gospel to go forth because he is willing that none should perish, but that all should come to the truth. And we were talking the other night, and people say, well, what about about the person who's never heard of Jesus? Wouldn't it still be okay? They've they've lived their whole life, they've tried to be a good person. What about that person? And the only answer that I can give to that question, that very, very difficult question is, a person without Jesus Christ has no hope of being saved. Because as we were saying last week, if you confess with your mouth, or as we were trying to say last week, and we fell all over myself in trying to say it, but anyway, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart, you will be saved. What's that? And believe in your heart that God raised him, did I forget that? Oh, thank you. And, okay, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Uh, that's, that's a promise, right? That's a promise that if I can confess with my mouth ma- it, it's obvious, right? And, and believe in my heart that God raised him from the dead. That's the ticket. That's the golden ticket right there. And so then in that understanding, then life starts all over again. Life is brand new. So... Um, so that without Christ, um, I know of no hope. That's, that's the only way I can answer that question. I wish I did. I wish I could tell every person that doesn't walk with the Lord, don't worry about it. It'll be okay. You'll get to the end. You'll, uh, he'll ask you a couple, but I, I don't know that there's, there's no sanction for me to do any such thing as a person who preaches the word of God. Right? I can't tell people that. And so the only thing I, I'm entitled to say is that without Christ, I know of no hope that any person has. And there will be good persons and nice people and all of that. But it's only by receiving Christ as Savior and Lord that one actually does what God requires. It's only by believing in Christ Jesus as Lord, confessing him as your Lord, believing in your heart that God raised him from the dead. That is that is the ticket that God requires. Without that, I know of no hope Amen. to anybody. Man, woman, child. And so anyway, we have an obligation. We have a responsibility. Right? If people, if people can get into heaven just by being good people, then we're wasting our time witnessing to them or sharing the gospel with anybody. Right? So um, it's, it's, it's urgent, and so this gospel, um, and, and notice the fairness, equity, of the heart of God in which he's not willing that any should be lost. So we would look at, let's say, our culture and think, oh, how important our culture is and how no doubt God wants to save us because we're such a high culture and such an advanced culture. God couldn't care less about culture. He's interested in the souls of people who live in the middle of the most remote places on earth and that's where some of these folks that we're helping and supporting are because God is no respecter of persons, but his heart is toward all that everyone should be saved. I have come that they might be saved. That's the whole purpose. So anyway, this gospel will go will go forth will be preached, and so that 's why we continue to do what we 're doing in terms of the um, in terms of these various different missions efforts and missions programs and I th- but again, prefacing all that it 's kind of it, it's not a very pretty picture that Jesus says uh, uh, in terms of what they are to expect, what kind of treatment they were to expect from the world. They'll kill you. They'll drive you out of the synagogues. They'll hate you. They'll You'll, you'll betray one another. Okay. So we're, when we come into hard times, I think one of the real values of, of storing God's word in your heart is that when difficult things come along, you've got something tucked away there that you can pull back up and you can meditate on that and you can think on that and that will help to kind of redirect, reprogram your emotions and your will and your thoughts and all of it because it just can go out of control so quickly. Right? Amen? Okay. So um, that's, that's the priority. This gospel of the kingdom will be preached to all the world as a witness to all the nations and then the end will come. So That's why we're involved. So it's not a great commission, a great commandment, it's a great certainty, okay? The the one thing that cannot be stopped, and here's the irony of the whole thing, that the one thing the devil needs to stop and must stop in order for his rule to prevail is the church. And the one thing he can never stop, he can never stop, the work of the Lord Jesus, and the work of the church. We just have to realize that Jesus said to, him, said to his followers, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given unto me. Go, therefore, to all the nations, preaching the gospel to every creature, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey all the things that I have commanded you. And, lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the age." Okay, so we have Christ with us, Christ has all the authority, so our mandate is to go forward in good times, bad times, hard times, fun times, all times, to go forward and proclaim this gospel, and that's why we are helping you to see what we're doing as a church with with these various different uh, groups that we're working with and ministering together with. So, I better get after it here this morning. So the first place, let's see. The first um, place that we want to take you this morning is to a a mission work called Surge. And their mission statement is what you see in front of you. Plant a self-replicating, spirit-filled church in every community. Pretty ambitious goal. Plant a self-replicating, spirit-filled church in every community. In January, they planted 350 churches. In uh, December, I think it was in the 50s or 60s. A- every month, there's this just launching new churches. And uh, I, I came into this, because sometime early 2000, there was an opportunity to see Larry Stockstill. And he was like at a church, a relatively local church, might have been like Long Island or something like that. So we, uh, we drove out there, and that was just when he was beginning this whole surge campaign. And what he had done, well, there's, um, I think I have some more of the information here. Oop. Did I miss? Yeah, how do you like that, huh? Huh, Spacey? Huh, (laughs) whoa, origins, okay. Thanks to the steadfast work of thousands of foreign missionaries over hundreds of years, we, meaning he himself and his group, were able to birth a new era of missions centered around empowering qualified native workers to spread the gospel to their own people. A native speaks the language, understands the culture, and lives comfortably in the same conditions as the people they evangelize. This has become like a, a major aspect of modern missions works. That instead of sending people like you and I into third world cultures where they'll have to send us a lot of money and send us a lot of stuff so that we're not, you know, so demoralized and discouraged, and and all by, by being by having to live the sacrificial life. So when you take white people and just transplant them into some part of the world. Um, it, it is less productive than to actually raise up people from that particular area, teach them the gospel and turn them loose to, uh, to start um, a church or start a work, uh, a gospel work in their own area. It definitely makes a whole lot more sense. So that whole idea of, of, of indigenous people doing their own work is a, is a wise idea. Um, a little further. This concept inspired Larry Stockstill, who was the lead pastor of Bethany Church in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, to start SURGE, which was originally called the Global 12 Project, in 2001. He brought together apostolic leaders he was in close relationship with and divided the world into 12 regions, each with an appointed region, regional director, they began equipping spiritual sons to plant churches and provide funds for the pastor's first year needs. This strategy has led to exponential growth in advancing the gospel through church planting in the most cost effective way possible. So I'm gonna introduce you now to uh, Larry Stockstill and to his son, Jonathan. Jonathan um, Jonathan was a musician, was uh, recording for quite some time. We used to do, if you remember the, the song, we haven't done it in a while. Um, with my hands lifted up, um, I will. What have I done to deserve a love like yours? If you remember that song, that was really a Jonathan Stockstill song. But these days, he's kind of moving more into uh, his father's footsteps. And so, um, Danny, I guess you can let that one roll.
1: People who don't really know where to go with the heart that they have or the resources that they have allotted to that, we're going to give them. The options and the tools to be able to make a difference in every corner of the earth. Every time I talk to you, Joel,
2: the technology and vision is so much larger than mine. That's a generational thing. Mm. And uh, it's almost like Surge is moving from analog to digital. Yes. I, that, that's a good way to say it. And you told me something years ago that you believe technology is like the Eastern Gate yeah. that Christ is going to come in. Yeah. When you have a tool, that in India they can hold a cell phone in the middle of the bush and have 50 megabyte broadband access that we can train them on. It's a new world the last 20 years. Plus, politics is changing so fast. A lot of countries have closed right now to the traditional methods that we've utilized in the past. Joe, you're just going to be the fresh face, the fresh direction. So I just like to say along with all of those that are watching that I'm giving you my big yes Amen. <laughs> my big yes that's what I, I reserve that for only certain people <laughs> and, and, and that is whatever you ask me to do mm-hmm. the answer is yes
1: Amen.
2: John Maxwell quoted me in his last book saying that I said it to him yeah I'm saying it to you whatever that would be and so if you're asking me what is my, role It's going to be similar to what I've done with Jonathan in the church. I preach a lot. Yeah. I cheerlead a lot. Uh, I do I work for small groups. If he needs anything, property development, anything he asks me to do, the answer is yes. Well, the same is going to be true right. going forward. I'm on the plane.
1: And I know a lot of you may be asking, you know, what is Pastor Larry? How is he going to be connected? And dad is going to be the primary one as an ambassador and champion for surge. Many of you know my situation, and I believe God's going to totally heal me, and I will be able to go to the nations, and I'm declaring and confessing that. But right now, I'm limited in my ability to go, and God has just opened phenomenal doors for Dad to be able to go. So he's going to continue to hit up our quad summits where we bring different regions of the world together, and fire them up, equip them, love on them. He's gonna to continue to be an apostolic leader and father and champion. And God's gonna use me here, primarily in the States, raising money, being a leader, carrying the vision for this. And I just think it's gonna be a beautiful collaboration. And I, I know what the Lord was saying when he said, separate Barnabas and Saul. Mm. You're gonna be that Barnabas. And I'm going to be that younger generation that's being encouraged and mentored and fathered, but stepping out into that apostolic mission. And I just, I feel the Holy Spirit is in this in a big, big way.
2: And by the way, you are 40 now.
1: Yeah. Hey, hallelujah.
2: (laughs) Which we're very excited about. Yeah.
1: I'm glad to be 40. Glad Glad to to be here. Like Ronald Reagan said,
2: I'm just glad to be here. But the thing is, Joe, at 40, you've proven yourself. 40 is the number of proving, and you've proven your faithfulness all these years at Bethany. You're still working with Bethany, with Jonathan mm-hmm. in so many ways, but you and Amy are just really touching the new generation. We're super excited about it, and I'd just like to take a moment for those of you that are watching right now and just get you to pray with me about Joel. You may not be in this studio, but you can join your heart right now and pray with us. Let's, let's agree. Let's Father, I just thank you for Joel. Jesus. I'm so thankful for how you've healed him so many times. And now yes, he's Lord. just healthy and it's a miracle. But more than that, you have dropped inside of him an explosion of vision for a tenfold explosion of vision for surge. And that we call it surge because, Lord, it is going to surge. It's going to move over the Jordan into the promised land and lord even as joshua conquered 31 cities give joel nations and cities and tribes and tongues and people and nations father we thank you for the financial blessings pouring through surge because of that yes, open lord. gate of technology and then the training we asked to use it in his family lord for amy that they would be protected from every onslaught of the enemy that would try to stop them in their new leadership. And we agree that 2020 is the turning point of new beginnings for Serge. Thank you, Lord. We're thankful for it, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I love you, Jill. Love you, too. You're such a blessing. And we love you. We're so thankful for you.
0: All right, and they're uh, kind of changing their, what, I think I read before that, uh, their approach towards supporting the uh, the new churches what was that they would fund the pastor for a year so they would send enough money along that he could he and his family could make it for a year they've changed that policy and now they uh, they're putting on conferences because when they do conferences the conferences are bigger bigger dollar things but they can train a whole bunch of people at one time as opposed to just spending that one th- that's amount of money so it's uh kind of a new um, a new approach for them, but it's, it's a radically um, effective ministry and I'm glad that we're a part of it and uh, good things are, are going to be forthcoming. So a couple other things to, uh, to look at here. Here's a guy that, um, uh, that has been working for Surge, working with Surge, working with Pastor Lyre for like 30 years. So uh, let's move into that one, Joel, thanks. Hi,
3: I'm Dr. Hendrik Foster. Annie, I'm sorry. I was born and raised in South Africa, but a citizen of Australia nowadays. And my passion is to see church planters being equipped globally. I've been privileged to be called into this ministry since very young in my life. started preaching uh, in 1976, went into the ministry in 1986. I did my first mission strip equipping church planters in 1986 in Namibia. So today it's uh, 33 years that I've been equipping church leaders in over 75 nations of the world. Personally, I love to see all the churches being planted around the world. I'm so excited to be part of the SEARCH project You know, the SEARCH project is really about relationship. And Pastor Larry and myself, we have served on Dr. Cho's board for 20 years. I've known Pastor Larry for the last 30 years. And through the years, we've just grown and developed this relationship. And so I'm so excited to be part of a project, such a great project of church planting with Pastor Larry and this global team. We're so excited to see churches, new churches being planted globally. What is exciting about our approach to church planting is that it's principle-based. So the biblical principles that we teach, we have seen practically being applied in third-world situations, in first-world situations, effectively. I have seen churches being planted, grow to 200, 500, 1,000, 5,000, and even beyond that in a very short space of time. We see this strategy work in every context around the world. God bless you.
0: And then we have one more. We might as well uh, just stay right there, Danny. One more, um, which is a a video of, of like, one of the pastors who's, like, back back in the bush.
4: This is Mabendu. Mabendu is a small village along the creek. The creek is just after the village. They have two mosques in this village, and that prompts us to plant a church here, because a village shouldn't be with two mosques without a church. And you can see that the, the, the religious uh, uh, faith doesn't balance, and we want it to balance, if possible, to we'll get all of them as Christians. That's why we decided to plant the church here. I was not even longing to be a pastor, but always tell me you are a pastor, and even you are not going to be a pastor, but you will have that vision to walk for God. So I sacrificed my job for everything concentrated in the church. I have my job, I have my family, but I said I should walk for God and see great changes in me. When I join it, yes, I see great changes.
0: Amen. <clears throat> all of this reminds me, <clears throat> uh, in terms of us all playing parts, that there, there's a, a, a poem called The Toiling of Felix by Henry Van Dyke. And um, it's, a very, it's a long poem, but the, whole, the poem is about this guy, Felix, who's looking for God. And so he decides to go to all the places where he thinks God probably is. So he goes up on the mountain to try to see the hermit, the person who's cloistered away from everybody else, this person who's living this very rigid, ascetic type of life. And he waits and waits through the weather and everything else. He finally gets a chance to see this guy, but that's not where God is. In other words, that's not where God is for him. And so... He, uh, he goes to a, a number of other different places to tr- just to make contact with the Lord. And then finally, one day, he just goes back to work. And while he's working, he's doing a job and lifts up something. And, and the Lord speaks to him and says, raise the stone and there you'll find me. Or no, raise the hammer there, you'll find me. Lift the stone and there am I. And what he finds out is that God is not in some remote, you know, sweat lodge somewhere or on some mountain somewhere. God is with us in the everyday life. Life and task that we're living, which is which is the beauty and the wonder of the whole thing. That it isn't meant to be something esoteric or abstract, something real and something daily. And so, in the in the book, then he goes to work in this quarry. This guy Felix goes to work in this quarry, and he's just working there splitting rock all day long and popping, you know. Um, banging down wedges and splitting gigantic pieces of uh, marble. And then those things go on rafts and they're right by a river and down the river they go. And that's all he knows. And and then one day somebody has an accident and he rushes over to help the person. And he hears the voice again, "Um, raise the hammer there, you'll find me, lift the stone. And there am I. So he finds God in the everyday stuff as opposed to, you know, the exotic type of thing. But then at the end, when his when his work is about done, he decides to take the raft with one of the with the cargo of stone that's on it. And he and he's going down the river, and finally he turns a corner on the river, and there he sees. There is this like majestic, beautiful city that is there and and, and that has been the product of all of these people laboring upstream and sending the labor down. And he, he exclaims, All the work is ours. And that so applies to like what we're looking at here today. Okay, here's people in Sierra Leone, West Africa. You ever go in there? Probably not. Maybe we've been to, you know, lots of places around the world. But what we're doing is helping to make that thing actually happen. And God is not unrighteous to forget your labor of love and that you have ministered and do minister to his people. And so God's keeping tally of all of this. And when we get together and this thing is finally finished and and the whole city has been built, the new Jerusalem and the beauty of it and the glory of it, we will all share together and we'll go like, thank God I did, I did whatever I did for the Lord and for the kingdom. All right, Jamie's gonna come up and share some things about the pregnancy center here and then I'll come back we'll talk about the Jesus Film Project.
5: Right. Is this all? Oh, look at that. All right. So yeah, so... We're involved in a lot of different ministries uh, missions outside of the country, doing a lot of different things, but we do, we do support some local mm-hmm. missions as well. And what I'd like to bring up, and you guys have, have supported it over the, the course of a, a few years um, with the baby bottle campaign and with the Walk for Life. But it's today's Choice Women's Center. They're in Newton in Newton, New Jersey. So we're looking for a local. Women's Resource Center, and uh, and this is a great one. Um, Lori Purst, she lives locally up there in, in Sussex County. She does, um, you know, she is has such a heart for for saving babies and helping young ladies and women who are in either unplanned pregnancies or maybe um, you know just women who who are looking to to uh, for help with their pregnancy or who are looking to end their pregnancy. And she, she tries to reach out and, and bring those people in, bring those young women in and, and sit down and talk to them and wor- work them through the reason why the reasons why they should, they should, um, they should keep their, their children, you know? And so they're, they're uh, they're doing such a great work. So uh, I'll read right from their from their website. If you want to check them out too, if you haven't, if you go to they have they have two websites. One is Today's Choice, and that website is an easy one to access. It kind of comes up if you don't put in the full website of fr- Friends of Today's Choice, and what it is, it's kind of a landing page to for for women who are looking for. Like a Planned Parenthood or an abortion clinic, so they would they would type in Today's Choice because they they the way they advertise to get the women to reach out to them, you know, rather than Planned Parenthood. So as Christians, I remember when I first uh, started to get involved with this, I punched in Today's Choice, and my wife and I are reading this, and we're going, "Wait a minute! Like, what are they doing here? You know, because it doesn't it, it's not." It's not made for us. It's made for women who are seeking to get an abortion. So, um, so I would encourage you. You can look at both, but but go to Friends of Today's Choice, and you can you can see it up on online there. That's the the where you would land if you punch it in. And so that gives what they're actually all about. And so I'll read a little bit of it. <clears throat> It's the reality of abortion. Each day, women wake up in our communities believing abortion is the only realistic solution to an unplanned pregnancy. And I like to to uh, say this too. Going down with um, the Lifeline Ministry with Carrie Babcock, I would encourage everyone to go and be part of that. If nothing else, just to be on you know on the street praying, you know, worshiping the Lord. Uh, I had gone one time, and that statement that women are believing it's the only option it really is it's a reality you know they're they're not being told in the world that there are other options that are that are reasonable options and uh, and i had that experience personally right we were there early before the doors opened and there was um there were two young ladies there and actually three and uh so I was outside of the zone that you're allowed, you're you're allowed, you have to stay outside of a certain, you know, distance from where the people are, but just, just trying to have a conversation with them while they're waiting. They're stuck now, you know, they're stuck and so they can't do anything but, you know, walk away. And so, and I was just like, you know, trying to reach out to them and and encourage them that there are other options, you know, And, and their response was, there are no other options. And I'm like, That is so not true. And so today's choice is providing those other options, you know, they're providing help for women who who um, who keep their children. This isn't just, hey, we'll, you know, don't have the baby. And then they kind of leave the women to, to kind of fend for themselves. They provide diapers. They provide clothing. They provide help afterwards, counseling, how, child classes, you know, things like that, how to do these things. So it's it's a, a f- kind of a full service thing. Um, to to encourage women to keep their children. Uh, in this heartbreaking decision, not only is a human life taken, but a woman's life has changed forever. We, however, seek a more immediate route by supporting one woman at a time, hoping to spare her and her unborn child from the sorrow of an abortion. We came alongside abortion-vulnerable individuals to affirm life and share hope, share the hope found in the gospel of Jesus Christ. No-cost pregnancy tests, ultrasounds, Options, consultations, referrals, parenting classes, and material assistance are some of the many services that empower women to choose life. We understand that all women have freedom of choice, but wise choices cannot be made unless all the options and risks are considered. And I'll read a little, just a little praise report that I got in the in my email. Um, it says, uh, "Rejoice with us!" About a month ago. Um, I received uh, an email that was requesting urgent prayer for a young lady. Um, uh, And it said, uh, pray for a new mom with an infant child that recently found out she is pregnant to cancel her abortion appointment. Pray God will work in her heart and use the information she received during her appointment to make a life choice. Uh, for this baby, pray she returns to today's choice for her repeat appointment. Pray that she and her partner recognize the precious new life growing in her womb and pray that we'll make a life choice. So that was sent out. And now it says, We were not able to follow up with her, so we continue to pray that she would not go through with her plan to abort her child. God answered our prayers. She called us this week and asked to come back in for a repeat appointment. She told us she canceled her abortion at Planned Parenthood after taking her boyfriend. She told us they decided to keep their baby. You know, this is the work that's being done. And we're part of it, you know, as a as a church. and uh, And individually, you know, we can be part of it, even if to... You know, just get a hold of them, contact them. Say I'd like to, you know, receive emails and and I'd like to support it that way in prayer. So they're always looking for that, for sure. And we did our baby bottle campaign. That was uh, I think we finished collection in February, and uh, good report. We collected from our church two thousand seven hundred and. and 68 cents. And right now over all the churches that support them, they received over $42,000. So it's huge. It's huge. I do have one issue though. There are still 18 bottles missing. So if anybody has baby bottles at home, you got to bring them in. So it costs them money to make them. So they're special, but don't bring them empty. I mean, if you have to, bring them empty, but, you know, because we still need them. But if you can, you know, put some stuff in there. But definitely, we we definitely have to get those back. So so that's a ton of uh, stuff. They also do a Walk for Life in October at the Sussex County Fairgrounds. So I'd encourage you guys to be part of that. We'll have all the material for that as that comes out. And then also, um, we're looking for two couples or four individuals to finish filling up a second table at the annual benefit dinner on Tuesday, April 25th. It's at Perona Farms, and it's a great time. You know, it's there, it's a fundraiser, so expect to, you know, write a check. You know, it's, that's what it's for. But, uh, but if anybody's interested, we have one and a half tables filled right now. So we're looking for four more people. So if anybody's interested, see Jewel, and or see me, and we'll be able to to work all that stuff out. Um, and uh, I think that's it. But we de- well regarding today's choice. But I would also like to encourage you guys that we are looking right now, and I and you know you pick your brains looking for venues, you know, where we can go and we can have an impact on the community around us, whether it's like a Jefferson day or autumn lights festival, things like that. We're looking for, for opportunities to do local evangelistic work, do some discipleship, do, do those kind of things. We're doing the evangelism training up there. Um, that's every Sunday right now until we run out of, you know, stuff, um, to talk about, I guess, but, uh, but we are doing that so that we can be well equipped to go out and to share Christ and not only to share Christ, but to disciple people in the kingdom, you know? So we're looking for ways to do that. We're going to be active this, uh, as the weather warms up, it's going to be awesome. So anybody who wants to get involved in that too, you know, definitely come and see me if you want to, if you got a Saturday as this stuff comes up, you got a Saturday or Sunday, you want to go do this, you know, let's go. Be awesome. So it's exciting. All right. Now, yeah. Pastor Steve.
0: Um, okay, so we're going to take a look now at something called the Jesus Film Project. And uh, we have a couple that we've been supporting for a number of years Bernard and Ron Ugokwe. Ugoki. All right, so you have the Jesus Film Project. There's the uh, kind of the trademark. This thing has been happening for a long, long time. It began back in 73, I think, was the starting point, sometime in the early 70s. And uh, some statistics on this thing, this, this... film and many others that they've made that are kind of spin off from this but a Mary Magdalene film and lots of lots of films that basically tell bible stories because they're taking these things out into places where there're no theaters for sure and there're certainly few people who can even read and so they're taking these things out into the into the bush more or less but the uh, this the this film here the Jesus project has been translated into 2014 languages it has be, it, uh, there have been more than ten point five billion people who have seen it over the years. I mean it 's an amazing evangelistic tool, right um, There have been uh, over six hundred and thirty three million decisions for Christ following the showing of the film and uh, And the uh, Jesus Film platform views, including YouTube, there have been 294,391,401 views. That's astonishing, right? Now, no one person could ever do anything like that, but that's the power of this project. Here's a little picture of how it actually works. And what you're seeing there are just people who are gathered out on a hillside somewhere and they set up the movie and people come out and it's translated into all these many different languages all over the world. And of course, it's a big deal for a village for these people to come and set that whole thing up and show it. Another kind of image of all of that. So the whole town will come out, the whole, you know, it'd be the biggest thing that's happened there in a long, long time. So the, uh, the Jesus film has been happening for a long time and... So associated with that are Bernard and Ron Ugwoke. Oogwoke. I don't know. I'll get it right one of these days. I'm not sure I ever, I ever got it right. You know, Bernard and Ron. And of course, there they are in all of their glory and their family. And so they live these days. For, for many years, Ron, Ron and Bernard uh, were working in the Gambia, which is a country in West Africa. And, uh, and then a few years ago, they came back to the States and uh, started to work for this, uh, this ministry, the Jesus Film Project. And basically, they coordinate and they set up various different showings, and they work through a variety of different churches to show that film um, in places in their area. The, um, the way it's set up is Ron and Bernard Uguoke, serve with the Jesus Film Project in Orlando, Florida. Bernard is an international church strategist seeking to engage African churches in the United States to use Jesus Film materials to reach their ethnic communities, both in the US and in their home countries. Ron is part of the prayer team mobilizing prayer for all the work being done in and through the Jesus Film Project, and also serves as a prayer igniter for the African Strategic Resource Team. They're excited about how these roles utilize their past ministry experiences in Nigeria and the Gambia. They love helping make sure that all have the ministry or the opportunity to hear the gospel. And so now we're going to show uh, Short clip from YouTube, which is called "Telling the Story of Jesus Together." In this little segment from the uh, the Jesus film,
3: ice, sand, mountaintop, or high-rise apartment, we help believers tell the story of Jesus in the heart language of people everywhere.
6: Since 1979, Jesus Film Project has given the world access to the story of Jesus, translating it into over 2000 languages.
3: With a growing library of films, tools, and strategies, we speak the language of today through the media of today to reach the ends of the earth.
6: But it's not about us, it's about believers like you, doing the great commission work God has called you to do. You want to reach people from every tribe, tongue, and touch screen, and we want to help you. How? By building strategies for gospel-centered ministry online and in person, you've got the right method to help your world know and grow in Jesus. By equipping the body of Christ with innovative, versatile technology, you have the tools you need to show the gospel in any situation
3: by sharing our films online and over the airwaves. The Good News is available everywhere, in homes and on campuses, with friends and alone, on TV, mobile devices, and social media.
6: Why? So everyone, everywhere, can find hope and experience new life. So they can hear and see the love of Jesus in their own language, right where they are across icy rivers or encrypted messaging platforms. We give the gospel to those who have never
3: heard. You step, we step.
6: You run, we run with you. Together,
3: together, we are the body of Christ moving to the rhythm of God's heart.
6: If sharing the story of Jesus is part of your story, you'll fit right in.
0: an amazing ministry and uh, we're involved. And now I want to introduce or bring up Jamie and Wes Babcock and uh, they're going to kind of wrap things up by sharing a little bit about a ministry that you're probably most familiar with, the uh, Operation Christmas Child. So, welcome you guys. Yeah, you can give me a hand. Right, that's enough. Uh, we're going to show a
7: film, a short film first and then Wes and I will see. Yeah, yeah.
8: Well, I don't know. <laughs> The joy of seeing a child open the boxes for the first time is just—it's incredible.
2: There's squeals and screams, and they are so excited to see what's inside their box.
3: Oh my goodness! Every shoebox gift represents the love of God to them. We are so excited. Many of the children receive the shoebox for the first time in their life.
8: We're here with Operation Christmas Child. The kids are so excited. We had the opportunity to hand out some of the boxes. There was so much joy, so much happiness, and it gives us an opportunity to present the gospel. We pray that these boxes will be used to bring a lot of happiness and joy, but more importantly, the gospel to each heart, all these little children around the world. What a great gift. I get a present, I get to know who Jesus is, but not only that, I get to be discipled in his ways. Hundreds of thousands of volunteers work with Operation Christmas Child every year, preparing these boxes, praying for the boxes, that God will use them in a mighty way for His glory. This little shoe box
2: has the opportunity to change the world. Not only are they going to get a shoe box, they're going to get the love and the message of Jesus Christ.
8: Some go by helicopter, some go by ship. Some go by camel, donkeys, canoes. We go at great lengths to take these boxes to children in the most remote parts of the world. And it's an incredible journey.
2: After these children open the box, they have the opportunity to go through the greatest journey, the 12 lesson discipleship program, where they get to learn more about Jesus Christ. Right now, I'm right outside of Mazlan, Mexico, about a six hour drive up in the mountains. This is an indigenous people group, people that never heard the gospel before.
0: The kids and the families that accepted Christ, almost 100 altogether, have now
1: started a church.
7: Hemos visto una experiencia preciosa, grande, en el pueblo. Y ese pueblo va a ser el medio para llevar el evangelio a otro lugar. Que estas bendiciones que son de las cajitas
8: this shoebox gives us an opportunity to continue to shine the bright light of the gospel in the darkest and remote places around the world
2: we're seeing families come to know jesus churches are sprouting up in these communities these children are rising up to be disciples in their own country
6: And the gospel of Jesus Christ bring hope to our children to bring the smiles back on their faces.
2: No greater need and no greater time than right now for us to go out and serve boldly. This is what these shoe boxes are all about, to go out and bring a hope of Jesus Christ around the world. I'm just so
8: amazed at what God does each and every year. This is an opportunity to impact the lives of millions of children, just like you've seen. But we need more boxes for next year. Every box is an opportunity for us to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. So thank you. And God bless each and every one.
6: Uh, here we go.
7: Operation Christmas Child has been around for about 30 years. We have been involved with Operation Christmas Child for 20 of those 30 years. We just received our reward for doing it for 20 years. Yeah, Yeah. all right. In those 30 years, we have given out 2 million shoeboxes all over the world. In those 2 million shoe boxes, we have shared 200,000 The Greatest Journey programs. So once the child is saved, it can grow to go to the family, can go to the fa- uh, community. That's it. That's, it, That's all on my cards. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to ask some questions. Do you know why we pay $10 per box? Shipping, right? We just found this this out. So not only for your box, but also from central collection site, which is us, it goes into a tractor trailer, which is where we drop it off, And then it pays for it to go to the closest processing center and then to a port, like an airport via plane, boats, trains, and then to a different port to the camel, truck, donkey, or bicycle to reach its destination. I don't know if any of you have ever shipped a box to a family member, but it costs way more than $10. And it also pays for their training where they... I was going to get to that. You're skipping ahead. (laughs) Um, How do you think the children um, learn about God? The training, right, that we saw. What we did find out on Saturday at our dinner is that through the greatest journey, but did you know that Samaritan's Purse sends out... Teachers to train those months before the boxes get there so that they can teach the greatest journey when, they, when the boxes come and they get to know the word. The teachers will say to them, Do you want to get to know Jesus? And then they'll be using the training they received months before to teach the kids about God. I thought that was cool. <laughs> Um, question number three: Do you know where the very first box went? Well, one person might know. <laughs> Bulgaria. I <knew> it. Yeah <laughs> Last question. Can you guess the goal amount? of shoeboxes we're praying for, for North Jersey this year. I said, guess. Just guess. (laughs) (laughs) Last year, we received 9,885. This year, our goal is 11,101 shoeboxes for North Jersey. So be praying about that. Um, And you have anything else? Very precise. precise. We're very... You could pray for precise things. God answers prayers. (laughs) Um, So we just thank you for all you guys do to help us. And we're just looking forward to November and our new collection year. And... Pray for those boxes.
0: All right, so uh, uh, in conclusion, what we want to do here this morning is I'm going to ask you for an offering. We're going to receive an offering. Now, uh, today is normally our building fund Sunday. And um, next week... There's a brand new campaign that we're going to launch, uh, which we'll, we'll bring you to next week as far as um, our whole building fund and the, the money that we're looking to raise for the parking lot. So uh, there's like this slick and cool Little campaign that's been put together, and I think you'll enjoy hearing about that. Um, and so we're going to bypass our building fund offering and just ask you for emissions offering this morning. And we'll probably be um, we're trying to, we'll have to figure this out exactly when each of these gets done. But I think it's a wise thing and a good thing for us to sew into this. You know, when we're looking at things like this, this is the one thing that's going to survive planet Earth. This is what's going to be left when, all, when everything else is gone. Father God, we thank you so much. We have, we have everything to live for. And we are so rich because of the grace that you have extended to us that we are able to extend that same grace to others financially and all kinds of ways, serving and helping and preaching and sharing and all of it. So we just thank you, Lord, for making us a part of this glorious work that you are doing that will not be thwarted ever. But this thing, this is what, this is what's happening now. And it will continue to be happening. So we thank you, Lord, for giving us an opportunity. We pray now you bless gift and giver in Jesus' name and for his sake. And everybody said, all right, good.